We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You ready? Hello and welcome to another episode of the College Football Fantasy Podcast. Your place for all things, well, really at this point in the year, we're just doing betting. Uh, we're back after being gone for two weeks. Uh, Matt, it's good to see you again, buddy. How you doing? I'm doing well. I'm sitting here in the great state of Virginia, um, visiting the in-laws for Thanksgiving. So nice. it's been a, been a busy week. Yeah, I'm about to go pick up my mom from the airport. Um, my mom, my my parents live in Haiti, but Haiti's been so crazy. Um, just with, it's just not a safe place to be. So she's been in like Florida, oh, wow. Tennessee, uh, but she's coming up tomorrow, uh, tonight, this afternoon. So I'll be go picking her up in a minute. Um, and uh, yeah, dude, I've been loving the World Cup. Uh, I have not watched any of the 3 a.m. games out here in Mountain Time, but I, I have gotten up for the six o'clock games a couple times. That it's been fun. Uh, but that's not why people are here. Um, people are here to listen to us talk about college football, which uh, I've actually, since uh, in the two weeks that we were not on, I went uh, 12 and three. <laughs> so, of course, I started uh, heating up a little bit while we weren't recording it. But um, I'm hot. The streak sh- shall continue. Yeah, Confident. I mean, we, we can do it. <laughs> yeah, what, what I'm, but before we get into it, um, what are your thoughts, just kind of in general, we haven't been on the last couple of weeks, um, TCU, Michigan continue to survive somehow. Um, yeah, I keep wanting Michigan to lose just because I think they're such a boring team no. to watch. No, uh, I want their souls crushed. Yeah. I want them in, the, in their head, in the playoff, and then souls crushed. Ugh, no, because that's boring football for me to watch. <laughs> well, you're going to have to watch them in a meaningful bowl game because at a minimum, they're probably going to get like the Capital One Bowl right. or whatever the next highest bowl game is. They, I, yeah, It's been it, – it's a crazy season right now. Obviously, I feel for Tennessee who is having like this magical season and then, I mean, just really fall apart against South Carolina – and then lose Hendon Hooker in the process. It's just, I mean, it's a bummer for them because obviously I think what they, what this season has kind of proved is it's really hard to go undefeated. It's really hard to win all of your football games because even games that you're supposed to go out there and steamroll when you're huge favorites, like it, it can be something as slight. I mean, as the weather can completely flip something on its head, you coming out just a little bit slow, you can have a guy that, or in Ohio State's case, a guy who they thought was fully healthy, who clearly wasn't in Travion Anderson, um, and kind of derail their entire offense in the first half. Um, it like there's just a lot of things, and there's a lot of things that can go wrong. And I mean, to your point about Michigan, like Michigan's entire offense is based around their running back, and it took what one hit, and it seems like their season might be flipped on its head because of it. Um, well, I mean, I don't know. It's, I think they're fraudulent anyway, but I mean, I, I think a lot. I, I don't know that there's a great team this year. I think we thought at the beginning of the year there were a few great teams. We kind of it's been long enough now that we've sort of forgotten, like Georgia messed around with Kent State. Georgia messed around with Missouri. Georgia right. messed around with Kentucky. Like as 
they might yeah. seem unstoppable, but they have looked vulnerable. Ohio State has looked great at times this season, and then they've also looked really mediocre against um, Northwestern. The, Iowa. the thing with Georgia is they looked good in the high mat, like the mm-hmm. the high highest profile. Yeah, the high profile, profile games moment. they looked good. It's these weird games against bad competition where they've kind of, like you said struggled a little bit, played with their food a little bit. But hey, let's get into the picks. Actually, let's hit a quick commercial break. Let's get right into it here. Um, uh, it's Thanksgiving. I don't think people are looking for a two-hour podcast. So um, let's hit the Three break. Three yeah, Let's hit the break, and then we'll do, a, uh, uh, do our picks of the week. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, there you have it. The best drop in all of podcast land. It is now time for uh, the picks of the week, buddy. Let's hear what your let's let's hear your favorite pick of the week. Unless you have one for uh, we're recording on Wednesday. Unless you have one for uh, oh, you know, I got to find my Friday ones because I know about half of mine are Friday games. Um, I think I, I think I have one Thanksgiving. I think because the Egg Bowl is on Thanksgiving, right? The Egg Bowl is, is on Friday. Thanksgiving. So no, it's on Thanksgiving. So get that one it's started. Not- yeah, I, Ole Miss at home, minus one and a half. I feel like that number's too low. I know they've been playing a little bit inconsistently of late, but I still like Lane Kiffin a lot. He hasn't left for Auburn yet. In fact, he just told his team that he's not going to take that job, which I don't believe him at all. I definitely it's a good lie. <laughs> yeah, I definitely think he's leaving. But he's there now, and uh, I like Ole Miss still. Um, their defense got uh, kind of embarrassed last week, but I think that they'll be able to bounce back. Um Mississippi State has been struggling as well. Uh, I think we'll get another random Coach Leach strange post-game press conference talking about his yeah. his kids wanting to drink lemonade with their fat girlfriends or whatever the hell he was talking about. But uh, yeah, I'm on. A, I've got one unit on Ole Miss minus one and a half, um, and uh, that's at minus one twelve. So not quite the prototypical minus one ten, paying that extra Coward. juice. Tiny bit of juice, so, uh, but yeah, that that's my first that's my first play this week. Do you have anything I'm on back, Thursday, I, Friday? I don't. I mean, I have lots of Friday stuff. So I've got. I'll start off with a Friday pick. Um, I don't really believe in the Cincinnati team. I want to believe in them. I'm a Cincinnati boy. I want to believe in this team, um, but I don't think they're very good. And Ben Bryant is at a minimum dinged up coming into this game. And they're going up against, they're hosting in their regular season finale a Tulane team that I think is sort of undervalued even by like the market. I don't know if they've fully caught up to how good this team is because they have some weird losses on their schedule. Um, but I think this Tulane team's really good. And the fact that I'm, I'm getting points with them when I actually, I have them as high as like five point favorite. Um, I'm going to take Tulane. I'm going to, and I'll take the two and a half points. It's also minus 112 because I'm also a coward. Um, <laughs> I don't think it's a coward. I don't think you're able to choose what kind of juice you get. Well, no, I, I you can get minus three or you can get um, plus two at places, but I'd rather give me the hook um, and just pay a little tiny bit of juice on it. So, yeah, okay. give me give me two lane to uh, cover this one. Do you have any Friday games? Cause, yeah, I've oh, got yeah, two Friday games. Um, and, a, and I've got a Friday lean. It's it's not a best bet for me, but 
but I do, uh, I do think uh, just personally, I'm not, I'm not doing this for the show, but I will be backing Baylor at like plus nine. Um, I like that. But my, the first one I want to go to, I think you have a play in this game as well is I want to talk about Toledo, Western Michigan. Um, I want the over in this game. Uh, the over is at 52 and a half, uh, minus 110 over on FanDuel. Um, 52 and a half. I mean, this this number, uh, Toledo's gone over this number by themselves uh, a few times this year. But I do think um, eight of their, like, no, nine of their 12 games have, have hit this number. Um, I know Western Michigan's not a great offense. Um, but I do that. I think that leads to short fields um, and more time for Toledo to put up as many points as they want. Uh, they struggled last week um, on defense against Bowling Green, which um, if Bowling Green, who I I love, by the way, uh, Ohio Bobcats were going to be a play of mine, uh, but they played last night. I, I did cash that one. That was nice. Um, that would have been uh, scary though. Without Rourke, that would have been a scary play. Well, I think that without Rourke. The, I think that's why the number was as low. It was only minus seven yeah. against Bowling Green. So, um, but Bangora is just such a freaking good running back. Anyway, uh, Toledo, I, I, I think this number is too low, over 52 and a half. I think it's about a touchdown off, honestly. So, so I'm on this one play as well. Plays. I've got, I've oh, got, got one Toledo. and a half units on that, by the way. One and a half units. I'm supposed to be the one talking over people, Stefan. That's my role here. Sorry. Um, <laughs> No, I've got a half unit on this game, minus seven and a half for Toledo. Um, I'm a little worried about this one. I, uh, like Sagarin has it at like 7.2. My numbers have it substantially higher than seven and a half. So I'm going to go with my numbers on this one. This is also sort of a, I'm going to back my futures bet from the beginning of the year where I had Toledo over eight games and I need this game for a Let's push. Let's go. Let's go. Um, but I, I, I do like, I still like this Toledo team. They've, they're still performing mostly well. They're just not as um, high level as I truly anticipated. But I think this is a get-right spot for them, and they'll they'll win against a Western Michigan team that I I really don't think that highly of. Yeah. Um, uh, any any thought? Because uh, as you were talking, um, I thought maybe I'll do an alt line on this one. Maybe go up to like minus thirteen and a half or something like that. For for Toledo, does that sound some, like something you would be interested in doing? Not for the show, but just like if I want to fool around a little bit, because I could see them I think, putting up a lot. I, of I could, I could see it becoming a game where Western Michigan isn't able to keep up. So I, an alt line in this one probably makes a little bit more sense. Um, yeah, I just I hate deviating too far from normal lines because usually there's a reason. There's a reason why Vegas sets numbers where they set them. Um, they don't whiff by like 30 points or by like a lot frequently. So yeah, I, if I were going to take an outline in a spot, I probably would take it here, but my confidence on this one, I'm only playing a half unit anyway, um, right, right. at minus, at minus one of five. I'm not like, this isn't my favorite play of the week. Yeah, no, that's fair. Um, just, you, you mentioned your numbers being uh, quite a bit higher. So I was just I curious. Mean, um, Toledo has been a bro has been a little bit broken in my numbers all season and Western Michigan is among my like bottom teams in the country. So I, I, I have this number pushing 21, um, which is one of those reasons it, I, when the number skewed that far off, I actually get more nervous than I get do. more nervous. Um, yeah. That makes well, sense. when we're off by that, like I get, I, I trust my numbers when I'm like within six points either way. I actually love it when I'm in that six point one way or another. Um, if I am, just you can find start some to get value above there. That, well, I just need to, at a certain point, I start to have to question, like, did they do something that blipped in my, mm -hmm. um, in my system? And that's where you get nervous because like there, I, I haven't manually adjusted either of these teams. Um, so they are just where they are. Um, and it can always just be something as much as like a waiting being too much for like something. Yeah. So, no. but no, I do like, I do still like Toledo and I think they're going to win. I think Daquan Finn's going to have a very good game and I think he's going to enter the transfer portal. No, oh, I'd love to see that. I think he's super fun. Um, my other, my other game that I have um, on Friday is um, I don't know what they call it. Is it it's a, the North Carolina rivalry game, NC state at UNC. Um, I want UNC minus six. I just, I don't, understand this line i know that drake may just came off his worst game of the season i don't think we're going to see him do that two games in a row 
Meanwhile, NC State just does not have an offense. Um, I was really frustrated with this offense when they had Devin Leary, who you really like. Um, now he's gone, and they don't have uh, an answer. Um, Louisville's not a great team, and they only put up 10 points on them. Uh, by the way, I think my uh, I think I had over six and a half for Louisville. So you did. That, I went that, and updated our futures bet. Oh, nice. Uh, today. That, that one cashed. That's good. I was nervous about that one at the beginning of the year, but – um, yeah, I, I just don't think this line should be that much. I think UNC is a much better team. Yes, their defense is suspect, uh, but NC State's offense is really, really bad. So UNC minus six, um, give it to me, baby. Uh-huh, uh-huh. That's on Fox Bet, and that's at minus 110. All right. Um, I will tell you, Sagarin has it at about set, a little over seven, so I do like your side. Um, I still like MJ Morris um, for NC State. Um not a why didn't he play? play? I, I'm um, not sure. Why didn't he play last week? I don't know. Okay. That I don't know. I hope he's their starter. If he's their starter, I think it gives him a better chance to, um, to be good um, on the yeah. offensive side of the ball. And honestly, if you're if you're NC State, you need to start preparing for the future, and that is MJ Morris is your next starting quarterback. Doesn't would really think, matter who else yeah. you have on the roster. Yeah. All right, well, I've got one other Friday play. Um, Eastern Michigan plus two against home against Central Michigan. This is a my numbers play and a Sagarin play. Um, I don't know why Eastern Michigan is an underdog. The game opened with them as a two-point favorite and then moved a whole lot. So there's probably something that's going to come out about an injury. But even with all that being said, I think this Eastern Michigan team is pretty good. Sagarin has this game as uh, Eastern Michigan minus eight. I have it. Oh wow. Eastern. I have it Eastern Michigan minus, or I have it as like a pick'em game. So I I don't know why they're a dog, and I think that I would I'd like to back Eastern Michigan here, which is weird because I did go on like a stretch where I was betting against Eastern Michigan a lot. But yeah, I I like this one for. Uh, Eastern Michigan here. Uh, just excuse me. I'm just jumping on my phone and making a quick bet because I like this play. Um, and it's funny that we have picked three directional Michigan schools now. <laughs> this, this, I mean, what's I, gonna, what's dude, I've got another. I have another Michigan school on mine on my board. I have, so I guess I'll roll. I have. I have one too. So let's keep rolling. You go. So you let's get right me. into that. I've got the Penn State Michigan game, Michigan State game this weekend. I've got Penn State minus eighteen against Michigan State. Michigan State probably isn't as bad as they've appeared. Um, I think they're probably a decent team, but I think Penn State is the best defense. They will. It's not the best defense they played, but it will be one of the best defenses they will have played all season. And I also think Penn State is pretty well equipped to beat Michigan State anywhere they want while Michigan state's run defense is above average. It's still not great enough. And if you're not a great defense, I don't, I think you're going to struggle to keep Singleton and Allen in check. Um, you sure you, put, without, you sure you name them in the right order? No, it's Allen's probably the better guy, but crazy, I, huh? like, I, I, th- I think you, with those two backs, you, you, you have to have a pretty quality defense to keep them really reined in. And to be honest with you, I, I don't think they're going to be able to do that without bringing extra guys in the box. If they bring extra guys in the box, you're talking about one of the worst um, worst pass defenses in the country. I think they're like 120th um, in passing success rate allowed. I could look up the exact number because I wrote this this morning, but um, I think this is going to be a game where Sean Clifford looks a lot better than he actually is. And I, I could see Penn State running up a pretty big number. I would take this number anywhere up to, 20 and a half no okay what did i say? i think i have it in the article is 19 and a half but i i probably would even take it all the way across just want those three touchdowns yeah i i i think you're probably right about that but one of the things that you said that i completely agree with is that penn state's defense is going to be just way too much for this michigan state offense which is why um i'm on under 52 and a half for the team i mean for the whole game i'm not taking a side but uh, I've got the under 52 and a half for this game. Big 10 unders, baby. Let's go. Um, I don't think uh, I don't think Michigan State's going to be able to do very much on offense. 
And I don't think Penn State's going to have to do much on offense. I think they will rely on the running game. I think they'll be effective. Um, and I think that they end up winning comfortably, but you know that could be by 17. Uh, but I do think the, the, the part of this game I'm most confident on is that there will not be that many points. So give me uh, the under 52 and a half, and that's at minus 105. And I've got one unit on that. So I think we kind of are viewing this game similarly, though. Yeah, I mean... Sounds like it. Um, I thought I just had a game that I accidentally left on that I didn't talk about for a Friday game. No. All right. Well, I've got I'll, – I'll jump in and roll right into my next one. Uh, Syracuse and Boston College, uh, under Oof. 47. Some disgusting teams right there. I mean, Boston College continues to play without offensive linemen, and Syracuse has truly fallen off the face of the earth. Um I don't see a path to where this game is a super high scoring affair and I don't feel great about backing either side, but I do think that this is going to be um, particularly because it's in Boston and not in, in an indoor facility. Um, I, I just think this will be in a good spot to take the under here. So yep. 47 is a little bit, a little bit gross, but if you're assuming that either one of these teams is going to be, just gonna just go crazy on offense like Syracuse did at the beginning of the year I think you probably have to reset your expectations of this team so yeah yeah. I mean ever since Syracuse lost Schrader I mean they just haven't been the same and I mean they scored 35 against Wake Forest but in their since the Notre Dame game so the Notre Dame game is where they lost Schrader they've gone nine points against Pittsburgh three points against Florida State and then 35 against Wake Forest. I do think Boston College defense is better than Wake Forest defense. And uh, Boston College somehow was went under this number of 47 despite giving up 44 points last week. <laughs> I mean, like they got yeah, shut out. So. Uh, I like this play a lot. I will join you. I mean, not I don't have any units available to give you. I mean, to play on this for the podcast, but I will also be uh, joining you with that one. That's a I don't know how I missed that one. That's a I, I like that one a lot. That's that seems good. I'm gonna run over to my favorite play of the week, and this is gonna be something that you kind of hate because it's a parlay. Uh, but I, I feel you. very confident on both these teams winning. Um, but I don't necessarily love the lines. Um, I want USC and Ohio State money line parlay at minus 103. I think the Buckeyes are a much better team than. Um, the Wolverines, but I've also seen enough weird games this year to know that uh, this could get tight. This could get close, even though I think Ohio State should and will win by uh, double digits. I've just, their offense has struggled at times. That's become one dimensional at times, and it makes me nervous. I think Michigan struggles to score. Um, and I overall, I just think. Ohio State's the better team. I also am not a huge believer in Notre Dame. I know that they've been much better as of late since they, I know they started off the year with those losses and they've won a bunch in a row, but they haven't played anyone like USC. Uh, Caleb Williams is the truth. Uh, But again, the line of five and a half is maybe a bit more than I want to go with, but I still do like USC at home to win that game. So give me both of these. I didn't like the value. Like I didn't want to just do like minus 300 on either one of them, but I did want to, uh, get in on this. So uh, that's why I'm playing this one. USC and Ohio State parlayed at minus 103, and I'm putting two units on it. Favorite play of the week. So I have plays on both these games as well. I'll start off with the, I have to have something on them. So sure. <laughs> taking Ohio State for a half unit on the money line at minus 295. I don't care. It's I know that I'm not going to get much in return. I just feel like I have to have something on them in this spot. Um, I think they're going to win. I think if if I'm playing this game out in my head over and over and over again, the outcome I see most likely is that it's a one-score game midway through the third quarter. Um, and then Ohio State scores like a, a touchdown with like somewhere between eight and eight, five and eight minutes left in the game. And at that point, the game's just over. That's kind of how I see this game playing out. I think it'll feel tight. Um, I hope not. Honestly, I hope so. I'm actually flying out of DC at that point. I'm going to be on a plane during this game. Oh no! So I part of me hopes it's it's just full on blowout, and I can um, 
I'll get off the plane to see a score that's, hey, Ohio State basically already won. Um, I also don't care because I'm going to record the game and watch it re- either way. Um, right. <laughs> the other, but if you guys I, lose, I think will State, you still watch it? No, probably not. Yeah, I didn't watch last year. I, I missed most of last year's game, too. That's right. I forgot about that. I was getting a Christmas tree for my family. <laughs> um, but so um, my numbers have it at about six and a half Ohio State favored. Um, if Quorum is out, I feel a little bit better at seven and a half because I, I do think they're going to struggle to score. But if Quorum's out, I also think it's going to be an underplay in this one because I think that Michigan is fully going to go into the let's just keep Ohio State's offense off the field strategy. Sure. So, yeah. The other game, yeah. I've got Notre Dame plus five and a half against USC. You said that uh, USC hasn't – or Notre Dame hasn't played a team like USC all year. I respond with, I don't know that USC has played a team like Notre Dame all year, a team that is going to ugly it up, that is going to try and just beat you in the trenches and is going to try and score in the 20s and win a football game. Oregon State would be my response, but yes, I know what you mean. But and Oregon State took them took them to the limit. I I think I think this is a, a matchup for where we're going to actually see, like, is this USC? Like, I'll be honest with you. Even if USC makes the playoff, they're fodder for whoever they play in the first round. They're this season's Oklahoma. They're this season's Michigan. Like, they're they're going to probably get killed if they make the playoff. But with that being said, I I think they're a good team, and I think this will be a, a good a good kind of test for them because they they're going to have to play a team that plays like this in the playoff. And I think it'll if, be an interesting If they would spot. get TCU, they would be TCU. They would be how Michigan. Do they get to, but, no, but I asked the question of how do they get TCU. Yeah, because they'd be the three and the but four. If, yeah. They, uh, so I don't think they can get to TCU, and I don't think – and then to your point, if they play Michigan, number one, I think Michigan's really, really good. I just think I don't. I just don't. I just don't think they are. But um, we'll see. We'll see. But we'll see. I mean, I, I we'll see. I, I don't I don't fully buy this USC team yet. I think they're still a team that if, when they were dominating teams, it was because of turnover luck. And now that turnover luck has gone away and all of a sudden these games are very thin margins. So I um I'm gonna back the Irish here and yeah, not feel great about it. But I, I do like I mean my numbers have it this game again pretty close to a pick'em. So Okay. So you don't necessarily hate my parlay other than the fact that it's a parlay. No, I, I think I hate parlays and I hate the fact that you put OSU money line on there because if they lose it for you, I'll be sad for you. <laughs> uh, I don't think they will. USC is, is the one that makes me more nervous of the two. Because uh, again, I think Michigan is completely overrated. I do not think they're a good team. Can we not say all this and then have them come out and beat Ohio State again? <laughs> I, I Hey, I'm not a fan of Ohio State, so you don't have to worry about it. And I obviously don't know what the hell I'm talking about half the time anyway. So uh, <laughs> uh, let's see. Let me go to a – oh, you'll like this one. I've got an uh, – no, you won't like that one because – Just do your single go. game parlay. Just do it. Okay, I'm going to do my same game parlay because we're kind of – we see this game a little bit differently, I think. Um, I want – Oregon on the money line um, and uh, under 68 and a half, which is an alt total uh, as a same game parlay up to plus 115. Uh, Oregon with a completely battered and bruised (laughs) unmobile Bo Nix came out with a really solid win against Utah because of their defense um, and because they were able to uh, disrupt Utah's offense so much. I don't think Oregon State is going to have a whole lot of success. Um, that being said, like they could still put up 28, 30 points, um, and I could still win this just fine. Uh, so I, I liked backing Oregon. I think they're going to try to slow the game down quite a bit, uh, run the ball a lot with Bucky um, Irving and Noah Whittington, and then just do enough through the passing game uh, to move the ball and to keep Oregon State from just stacking the box. But I think Oregon is a much better team. Um, yeah, so money line seems safe. Under 68 and a half seems safe. Smashing them together at plus 115 feels real nice to me. You, you have a play you on this game, too. That, 
Yeah, you mentioned the fact that we see this game a little bit differently. I'm actually going to I'm going to take the Beavers here and take the points at three and a half. Um, it's a rivalry game. Oregon State is the home team. Um, I have these teams actually graded out pretty similarly because, again, I've, I mentioned this to you a few times this year. I don't love Oregon's defense. No, you've been um, low on Oregon all year. And me and Sagarin actually both agree that Oregon State is – we both have them as outright favorites. So I'm going to take um, take the points because I'm a coward. How much um, of that is based on Bo Nix's injury and not knowing, or not knowing his health? I have or, adjusted Oregon nothing. Okay. I've put nothing into there. If, if he comes out dinged up at all, I would probably knock Oregon down a point, which would make me feel even more confident. To be honest, I have done no I've done no manual adjustment to Oregon this week. They were behind Oregon State in my power rating. All right. I I yeah, you're wrong on this one. I'm gonna I, go ahead and okay. tell you that. <laughs> That's fine. You're allowed to have your feelings. <laughs> uh, no, okay. All right, I've um, got I need to go with a group of five game because we've been talking about too many oh, like yeah, import, important schools for a while. And then I'll, I'll um, give you one of mine after that too. I've got a gross one coming up. Yeah, I love that play. Um, I'm taking UTSA minus 17 against UTEP. Uh, I think UTSA's offense is one of the absolute – it's at a minimum one of the most efficient offenses in the country. And they're I like going up play against a UTEP team that is – really inefficient. Uh, if UTSA gets rolling on the offensive side of the ball, it's going to be very difficult for UTEP to keep up. The only thing saving UTEP is the fact that they are very slow paced. So again, right. the way this number hurts you is because UTEP is going to play slow and just try and keep play keep away. But that being said, UTEP doesn't do anything particularly great on defense and UTSA is incredible on offense. Um, give me give me the road runners. And again, this is a number I'd take up to 20 and a half um and i'm getting it at 17 right now so this is by the way one sharps that... hate this place sharps hate it sharps are all over utep utep but just because of the number of but... yeah and that's why i faded it but it was another one that like i'm betting in real life i just don't have it on the show uh I definitely support you on this one um, this is UTSA... my write-up for action oh, nice. this week it's been uh they've been just so good um this year, uh, they're fun to watch for sure. Uh, my gross one is uh, is going back to the well for me on picking on shitty teams. Uh, CU uh, gets Utah this week, but the line is 30. Um, and I think that's probably about right. Uh, I'm nervous with how Utah struggled to play that one, although I do like it. But the, the shit team that I want to uh, go against this week is the New Mexico State Um traveling to Liberty. I want Liberty minus 14 in the first half. I think they get up uh, pretty comfortably. Uh, New Mexico State won't score much in the first half, so really we only need three scores from Liberty for this to hit, Um, and I think they do that fairly easily. So uh, I've got one unit on Liberty minus 14, first half at minus 105. New Mexico State is the Aggies, by the way. Yes. You were trying to get that off your tongue? The Aggies. Um, Yes. So... I do like that play. I still don't know if I fully believe in this Liberty team. They got really excited when they beat BYU, who BYU feels really bad this year. Um, I don't know that Liberty is good. And the fact that they were ranked at this part of the year just is kind of proof of putting that it's it's difficult to rank 25 teams. Yeah. Um, So I I do like this play. I think they're going to, they'll get up early and that should, should be a good spot for you. Um, I'm going to go with a team that you like this year. Um, You had them in your futures. We just talked about them earlier. I'm going to take Louisville plus three at Kentucky. Um, I tend to think there's a residual effect of playing a super physical team in a fairly physical game. So Kentucky is coming off of a Georgia game where they were competitive, but they were also kind of, manhandled like it wasn't a game where you ever felt like kentucky could do anything um i think there's some residual effect of that and i think they might come out a little bit try to be aggressive in spots and i think that opens them up to mistakes because will levis is prone to mistakes um and i like louisville's 
offensive options enough that I think they'll be able to hang with this Kentucky team. I don't, I don't see a path where Kentucky is running away with it. And to be honest, I, I think Louisville should probably be a slight favorite in this spot. So do you think me, Malik Cunningham is going to play this week? I don't know. But you like it not, I, feel huh? less. I mean, I do, but I feel a lot less confident yeah. um, if he's unavailable. Let's see. Let's see what my I almost my feel like this line – I feel like this line kind of assumes that, that he is playing. Um, and I know he was mm-hmm. questionable last week, and a lot of people thought he would play last week against NC State, but then he didn't. But, again, they didn't really – I mean, they, they took care of business. They put up 25 points or 24 points, I forget, I, uh, against NC State. So – I, I think they'd be they'll be okay regardless, but in what will very likely be, I, there's a decent chance this is Malik Cunningham's like last regular season game with Louisville. I think yeah. it probably is um, a rivalry game. Yeah, I think isn't he a fifth year senior? I mean, he probably has a COVID year that he could use, but I'm guessing that this is a spot where he, if he can play, he's going to be out there, and if yeah. he's in the game. He's the type of weapon that defenses struggle with. So, yeah, I, I, I'm going to take it. I, I feel, I'll feel i feel a whole lot better if I see Malik Cunningham uh, under center on snap one, but I think I'm probably okay either way. Yeah, um, I like it. I'm going to go uh, ahead and back uh, a very solid uh, running team in the Arkansas Razorbacks, uh, taking on a, a pretty lousy Missouri defense. Um, I'm not a huge Mizzou fan uh, at all. And Arkansas, uh, they've been they've been kind of up and down this year. Uh, they've been a little all over the place, and I think that's why this number is at minus three. But um, they just uh, when they get the ball um, into Rocket Sanders' hands, uh, <laughs> good things happen. And I think we're going to see a, a heavy dose of uh, Arkansas running backs and quarterbacks uh, running down the field. Uh, minus three is a is a pretty small number. Uh, I, I like this one quite a bit. I've got a unit on Arkansas minus three. Am I missing something with this one? Because to me, the nine, the number seemed way off. And usually, when that happens, it's because I'm missing something. Um, I think the the Vegas doesn't really respect this Arkansas team, um, at all. I think yeah, that's part I mean, of it. Is I think they're worried about the defense up. of Arkansas. It opened at four and a half and then moved to three. So like money or something is, was coming in Let's on see. Missouri. So um, see if there's an injury that neither one of us are thinking about. Yeah. Um, no. No, I, I mean, unless something comes out late of like an injury to like Jefferson, I, I right. kind of think Arkansas is going to be able to do whatever they want on offense. So, yeah, I mean. I, I like your side. Um, I don't like Missouri at all. So, yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. All right. I mean, that's why it is. Yeah, I've got the LSU uh, Tigers. Why see? Are they called the Fighting Tigers? Is that a f- official name? It's no, Fighting Tigers. I don't, don't think so. That's what it says on CFB reference right now, and that Weird. is breaking my brain. Um, yeah. <laughs> Texas A&M's offense is pitiful. Mm-hmm. Um, they were in a dogfight with Massachusetts last week. And if you saw any videos of like from their stadium, their fans do not give a shit about this team anymore. They like There was no one left in that team. This team is a um, fairly obvious quit team. Um, yeah. And... I mean, I think we're going to see a hefty amount of departures from this team following the year. So it's not even like we're going to get to see some of the like young, explosive freshmen, um, because I think a lot of that recruiting class from last year is probably going to depart the program. I mean, I would. Um, so I, I think it. I, I mean, yeah, you you went to that team thinking that they were a we're going to be a national title contender. We're going to be we're going to be right on the verge. They're not making a bowl game this year. So like cool. they're. Um, so I'm going to take LSU against them. The number is I have is nine and a half um, at w- minus 118 on FanDuel. Um, honestly, I would take this. I'd start to take this number, even if it starts to climb a little bit. I LSU needs to go out and win pretty spectacularly because 
they're going to get a shot against Georgia in the or in the uh, SEC championship game, and it's pretty much winner you get in, winning you get in in that spot for them. But at the same time, like you kind of have to justify your ranking at this point because they haven't really been wildly impressive. Um, so yeah, I, I mean. Give me, give me LSU. Honestly, the number doesn't matter a ton here. I would take it. I mean, I have the number over twenty. Sagarin has his number over twenty. Wow. This this number should will probably climb as we get closer and closer to the game because I don't think anybody believes in this A and M team to do anything. And How, yeah, I do yeah. wonder if this number is where it is just because Texas A and M is still Texas A and M. Like this year, they've been terrible, but there's still a certain amount of respect. I mean, they're talent, talent for talent coming into this year. I think they were like top 10 in the team talent composite, like talent yeah. on that team is very real. It's just their offense is stifled by really atrocious play calling. They are so focused on winning in games in Jimbo's model of like low scoring grind out victories um, that they're just, they're handcuffed, and I, I don't see a, a situation where this team really recovers quickly. It's, it's crazy to say that because they were what sixth in the country last year. They were the they were on the verge of being in the playoff last year, and now they're right. they're no. four and seven. <laughs> so so yeah, give me. I, I mean, give me LSU. I think this LSU team is good, um, and I think this Texas A&M team is very bad. Yeah, it's been fun watching LSU kind of grow into the season. They feel like a much better team today than they were week one. Um, so that's been it's been good to watch. I think Jaden Daniels has gotten a lot more comfortable. Um, my final play is one that I think you'll respect. You may not agree with it, but you'll respect it because I'm taking a I double. I've taken a double digit dog. Uh, I want Iowa State plus ten and a half at TCU. TCU keeps surviving uh, these crazy games. Um, but they're all close. Um, Iowa State, uh, well, under Matt Campbell as their head coach, they are 10-2 and two against the spread as a double-digit underdog. Um, I like that a lot. So um, I'm going to go ahead and roll with that. Um, some confidence in Matt Campbell and in his defense, willingness to kind of ugly up every single game. And uh, I think TCU probably wins this game, but I don't think they win it by, by double digits. So uh, give me... Iowa State, give me those Cyclones, plus 10.5. I've only got a half a unit left, so that's what I'm playing on this one. I I mean, I'm, I like the play a lot. I It was almost on my card. I have TCU as about a, a nine-point favorite in this game. That's close, yeah. Um, <laughs> so I, I it was a pass play, but it was one that I was still looking at because, seriously, does anybody – number one, does anybody ugly up a game better than an Iowa State – and does anybody keep a game close that shouldn't be close better than TCU? <laughs> right. So, and, and I, I think I mean, TCU is going to be all kinds of nervous uh, for this game. Uh, I think they're going to try to just get out, get out with a win. And I think that plays to a to kind of a low scoring, closer mm-hmm. affair. So, yeah. This this is this will be a fun one to watch. I actually quietly think this is one of the better games to watch of the weekend because it's it's a true trap game in a week that's not about trap games. Right, right. Um, well, let's uh, let's do a quick review. Uh, why don't you go first? All right. I've got Notre Dame plus 5.5 at USC, Syracuse and Boston College under 47, UTSA minus 17 against UTEP, Penn State minus 18 against Michigan State, Louisville plus 3 at Kentucky, LSU minus 9.5 at Texas A&M, Eastern Michigan plus two against or home against Central Michigan, Toledo minus seven and a half at Western Michigan, Oregon State plus three and a half home against uh, that terrible Oregon team. And I've got the Ohio State money line against Michigan. Um, yeah. All right. I've terrible got two, Oregon team. Yeah. I've got two units on USC and Ohio State uh, money line parlay right there at plus, uh, minus 103. One and a half units on the over 52 and a half in Toledo, Western Michigan. I've got Ole Miss minus one and a half at home versus Mississippi State. I've got a same game parlay, Oregon money lane and under 68 and a half at plus 115. I've got Arkansas minus three at Mizzou. I've got Liberty minus 14 in the first half at home against 
the New Mexico State Aggies. I've got the under 52 and a half in Michigan State, Penn State. I've got UNC minus six at home versus NC State. And then I've got a half unit on Iowa State plus 10 and a half at TCU. DFS. All right. Um, we're going to hit the DFS section here. Um, I'm going to drop that drop right now. Uh, but just a full disclosure, we are um, doing this a little bit different this week because neither one of us uh, were recording earlier in the week uh, because of Thanksgiving. But then also neither one of us had time to really look over this slate um, and, and put together a whole lot. I haven't written out the article or anything yet. Uh, I'm doing that later today. So we're kind of going to take some time uh, to discuss this in real life. I know there's a few quarterbacks that you liked, Matt. Um, why don't you uh, kind of talk through the quarterback position as as you saw it when, when you were looking through it? Um, we've got three so, quarterbacks real quick at over 9,000. Bo Nix at 9.7, Bryce Young at 9.3, and CJ Stroud at 9.2. So all those guys are, are, are pretty expensive. And to be honest, I think I'm fading all three of those guys really hard. Um, I as much as I love CJ Stroud and think he could put up another big game because we forget that last year, despite the fact that Ohio State lost, CJ Stroud still performed really well in that game from a, at least a scoring perspective. I think he had over 400 yards passing. Um, the quarterbacks that I talked to you about before the show that I, I do kind of like in this spot are, um, I think Sean Clifford feels like free money um, at 7,100. I've got... Um, I think this Michigan State defense is is just objectively bad. I like um, I like Will Levis a lot against Louisville. I think this game is going to be there should be scoring opportunities. Uh, even though I do prefer um, I do prefer Louisville to win. So I, and then the last one that we had talked about was Austin Reed. Western Kentucky just still manages to have a, a fairly high flying offense. And yeah, yeah so those are and the they're playing Florida like. Atlantic. They're playing Florida Atlantic, who's not great. This was actually a game that I was looking at. I was looking at playing Western Kentucky um, minus seven against Florida Atlantic uh, just because I think they're a much better team and I think they could put up a lot of points to your points. I, I like those calls. If you were to go with one of the, the more expensive quarterbacks, one of these 9,000 uh, types, uh, is there one that kind of stands out to you? I, I'd be avoiding Bo Nix just because um, if he's not mobile, it kind of limits his upside because they do so much work all, on the ground. So I'm kind of fading Bo Nix this week just because I don't know I think how of, healthy he is. I mean, I think of the three, Bryce Young is the one that stands out as the easiest play. Um, Against Auburn, I, this yeah. game is always It always is really tight, and so I don't love it. But I also, and this was the thing I was listening to Josh Pate's show from yesterday, like, there's a really good chance this is the last time we ever see Bryce Young in college football because is he going to play a bowl game? Oh, that's a good point. And they're not making the SEC championship this year. Like this is yeah. potentially his last ride. This is his final final game as a as a member of the Crimson Tide. I I wouldn't be shocked if they let him kind of do his thing and he plays with at least some extra motivation to kind of end his career with Alabama with a bag. So I, I he's the one that stands out. The other guy, I, I mean, Cam Rising to me, if you're going up against Colorado, picking the opposite quarterback always feels like there's some value there. Um, yeah, I'm going to attack that game one. a little. Yeah, I'm going to attack that game a little differently. But yeah, I mean, to I, be continued. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm sort of there yeah. with you. I think if I were my quarterback plays that I would definitely slide in is Sean Clifford and Austin Reed would be the two that I would be on from this spot. So, yeah. There's a couple other game, a couple other names I wanted to throw at you just just to see your thoughts. Um, uh, what about Aiden O'Connell? Only six thousand five hundred versus Indiana. Uh, that one was interesting to me. And then a team that you liked a lot is James Madison and uh, Tan Santeo. Todd Santeo um, is only five thousand eight hundred, and they're going up against Coastal Carolina who does give up uh, 280-ish yards uh, a game. Uh, he averages 28 points a game. Is, is, is he someone at that price point that 
or either of those guys, uh, people you'd be interested in if you wanted to sneak in one of these higher guys. Like Stetson Bennett's actually kind of interesting to me this week too uh, against Georgia mm-hmm. Tech, but um, he's 8,800. So would you I, be interested in playing these cheaper guys? I mean, I think of the two, I would probably lead Centeo. Um, I, he, he is a good quarterback. He's, he's got some upside to him. Um, but without having uh, Grayson McCall, I just worry that Coastal Carolina is going to play a slow it down kind of game where they're running the ball a lot and again limit yeah. possessions, um, particularly against the James Madison defense that is strong in the defensive line. So I think you may see just like a lot more three yard runs than you expect from a Coastal Carolina team, and mm. that worries me because taking um, it does take a lot of time off the clock. But yeah, I mean I think Centeo has a lot of value there. Um, Aiden O'Connell is interesting. Um, He's probably a good. He's probably a decent play if you're if you are wanting to fit somebody in the lineup. I, realistically, I pro- actually probably like him more than Levis. Um, so I, yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I mean, you you put out of some good names. Those are solid. Okay, let's move over to running back. There's a few guys. Let's just start with uh, the game we just talked about. I want I want Tavion Thomas for the Utes against Colorado. Colorado's just garbage, and, and Tavion Thomas, um, while he only he didn't have a great game against um, Oregon, um, as we mentioned, um, but he did get 19 carries. He had 22 uh, against Stanford. Um, I think if he gets 19 to 20 carries, he's going to have 150 yards and two touchdowns. Um, Oregon, I mean, CU was just an awful, awful, awful defense. Um, they give up uh, 232 yards on the ground every single week. <laughs> uh, he's only 6,100 to me. Um, it's a huge ceiling play right there. Uh, so, so Tavion Thomas is going to be in, um, in most of my lineups. Um, another guy that I, uh, I like a lot before I kind of hand it over to you, um, is, uh, Chase Brown, um, running back for, um, for Illinois. Um, and he is only 5,800. So, uh, I think those are both two, two nice value plays. Um, Chase Brown has been just phenomenal, uh, this year. Why can't I find him? Yeah, on the um, slate? Maybe not. Maybe I'm on the wrong slate right there for him. Um, I just saw his pricing. Yeah, he must be on a different slate. Never mind. Not Chase Brown. This Don't is why play we Chase usually, Brown. This is what you can't play Chase Brown. This is why we should. Uh, I should have. Uh, this is why I usually write the article before we record the part podcast. Uh, Don't get me live. Um, no, he's got to be in there. Anyway, could you you talk running backs while I while I see. You, uh, He'd be at the very top if he were. Yeah, he's um, not on there. Okay, so the running backs I like, uh, I think it's worthwhile to look at Dallin Hayden for Ohio State. Um, Travion Henderson's not going. If if he, he does play, so they're, they're not going to put him in a lot. Uh, he, I have him everywhere. He, he's, the, he's the only healthy running. I mean, Travion, so Travion Henderson's dealing with a foot issue. I think after last week, we all kind of saw he's still dealing with a foot issue. So he's not, if he's going to be available, I wouldn't be shocked if he's listed as an available player on the availability report for Ohio State and then doesn't suit up or and then doesn't play. Um, I sort of feel the same way about Mayan Williams, who's dealing with a high ankle sprain. I think Williams is more likely to play than that, but I also still think that they're going to want to spell him with Dallin Hayden, who seems to be in the um, Henderson, more Henderson type play he's get a little bit more breakaway speed than mine Williams, and i think that they are going to want to mix up their running game a little bit this week so i do i do like dallin hayden at this price he is start people are starting to i mean his price is coming up now because i think it was at he's at 5400 um uh i i just think ohio state isn't gonna win this game with 500 yards passing they know they need to mix in the running game and I think Dallin Hayden is their most healthy running back right now. So I think that's an okay spot. Um, I like Reese White against James Madison. Again, I think they're going to lean heavily on their run. I don't, I, I don't love attacking this James Madison defense and I'm not, I, I just picked like probably the two best defensive lines from this slate and I'm going against <laughs> right. them. Yeah. Uh, or no, wait, well, George is on the slate. So no, I didn't, but, um, but I picked two of the best defensive lines on this slate. So, yeah, those are a little bit uneasy. The ones that 
I really just don't feel great about a ton of the running backs on this one. I, if I, without insulting Oregon more, um, I do like Martinez for Oregon State. Um, He's and been I think good. There will be spots. I think there will be spots in this game where he gets a lot of work. Um, and that's really – I don't love the running backs this week. I, yeah, I might try to save some money and go with McCam- McCammon from Florida Atlantic. Um, Western Kentucky's not been great against the run. He's their lead back, um, and he's only 4,800. So I feel like if I did like a Tavian Thomas and McCammon, um, it gives me a lot of money to uh, to play around at wide receiver um, and maybe even pay up for uh, for, for a quarterback. Um Let's head over to the wide receiver position. Um, oh, and uh, it goes without saying, Catron Allen and Nick Singleton, both of them are usable. Yes, absolutely. Um, I like, I mean, we, we, we mentioned Purdue a little bit earlier. Um, I like going with Charlie Jones. I know he has not been uh, the Charlie Jones from uh, earlier. Like he's had some spells like earlier this, like he started off the game, up the season with like, you know, those first four weeks, he just was getting double-digit receptions that set, felt like every week. And then in the middle of the season, he slowed down, and then he, he had another little ramp up in the middle, and then it's been a little bit slow again. But against this Indiana team, I just don't think that they're going to be able to stop him. He's not cheap. He's 7800 But um, I think he has just a really good, good matchup. Um, and so uh, I'm going to to rock with, with, with him and probably O'Connell as like a, uh, a nice little stack. Yeah, I'm looking at this one. To be honest, I, I was I want to get a Penn State receiver in my lineup, um, because to be honest, they're all really they're all pretty inexpensive, and they're going up against a defense that's really exploitable. Uh, I think I would probably have to go with Tinsley. Um, if you hadn't, we didn't mention it before when we were going over this game, but Parker Washington's ruled out for the season. Um, so I think you at 6100 Tinsley has a lot of value because they're they're gonna have to go to him. But if you're looking for, I don't want to say a punt because I, I don't think he's a punt here, but if you're looking for a really inexpensive option who will very likely get used is, I like Brenton Strange. Um, he's got, he's averaging 8.6 fantasy points per game. He's had, looks like five touchdowns on the year. I, I think this is a defense, particularly without um, without Washington, think they're going to probably find some like shorter passing ones but the reason and then yeah it, it, it I think you want to have a Penn State receiving option particularly it particularly if you go with Clifford um, and I think that strange is the cheap one that will allow you to put in some more expensive guys in your lineup yeah uh, another guy that I'm going to go back to I, I feel like I use him almost every time Western Kentucky plays and that's Daywood Davis um, he's really solid, <laughs> kind of a target monster. Uh, why are you laughing? Because he's on my sheet. Oh, okay, yeah, and he's only 5,900. I mean, I just think he, he offers a, a nice floor um, with the opportunity. Like, for his for his price, he didn't have to do a whole lot to uh, to, 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 to give value. What were you going to say about him? Similar, I, I mean, sure. I, 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 basically the same logic. I think the difference in price between him and Malachi Corley um, – when you're looking at on the season, they're basically four points apart um, on average. Just give me David Davis. In his last, I think it was last four games against non-Auburn opponents, um, it was he was over, well over 10 fantasy points per game. He, he is very safe, and at his price, he's, he's another guy who gives you some flexibility. Yeah. Um, there was a couple other wide receivers. My, my computer is just being super slow. Uh, part of so, that is because I'm streaming the world cup while we're doing this. And that's my fault. I will say, <laughs> I, I, I will say Brock Bowers is another guy. Um, I, I almost always hate playing Brock Bowers because I can't have wrong. He's, the weeks I play him, I shouldn't, the weeks I don't, I should. Well, the issue is, is that he's gotten to the point where he's now expensive enough that he has to score a touchdown. But I think in a matchup like this against Georgia tech, you're just dealing with, a guy who Georgia Tech has no one that can match up with Brock Bowers athletically. Um, he is, and to be honest, that's probably the case with like almost everyone who plays. But when you're talking about Georgia Tech, we're we're going into this game knowing that there's a very big gap in talent and a very big gap in athleticism. And this is a spot where 
you may just want to go out and use your best guy to exploit all of that. And so I, I don't see a situation where Brock Bowers really gets held in check by this team. So I, I, I would probably look to get him in lineups. Yeah. And again, not, not overly expensive 6,100. It's more than, you know, most tight ends, but uh, yeah, I, 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 I dig that. I dig that. Um, uh, another guy I was looking at um, was uh, speaking of tight ends, uh, Kincaid for Utah, six thousand six hundred. It's a little pricey, but he had eleven receptions last week against Oregon. Um, they're not going to have to do a whole lot to win this game. They're going to put up points pretty easily. Um, and uh, I don't know if I'll rule with Thomas and Kincaid in the same lineups because I kind of want to just focus on one. But there's going to be so many points. Like I think the implied team total. Um, for Utah is like 41 points. <laughs> so uh, they're going to get theirs. And um, I actually was, I, I attempted to, to take the over on that. Um, but uh, yeah, Kincaid would be someone that I would look there. Um, Valet, however you say his name, um, for Utah, their, their main receiver would be another guy uh, that I would be looking at. Um, any other receivers you want to you wanna hit on before we um, so try to piece together I'm a lineup? Big- yeah, so I, I'm a big fan of Chris Thornton. He sort of bounced back. He had been he had he started off great at the beginning of the year, where he was. Um, if you looked at his production over the first couple of weeks of the year, he was one of the best um, receivers in the country. And then he hit this lull in the middle of the year, where he really wasn't matching up with the same level of production. And over the last two weeks, he's really bounced back against Old Dominion. He had 23 against Georgia State. He had 23.9. I think if you are going to roll out a Centeo lineup, um, Chris Thornton's a guy to get into um, get into your lineup because he he does have he is going to be their most volume heavy wide receiver, and they're gonna probably try and speed the game up. Yeah, I like that. I like that. Um, is there anyone on Oklahoma State? Like I know they've kind of been struggling. Spencer Sanders has been really struggling lately. Are there any of their receivers that you're interested in, or is that kind of a, a pass for you? Um, it feels like a pass for me, but I want. To, there are a bunch of guys I want to like. Like they've got players that I think are good. Um, I really, I coming into this year, I would have told you Brennan Presley was going to be a guy that was consistently dominant. He hasn't been, um, and I'd like to see more. I. I, I just it probably is a full fade of that game as a whole. So yeah, that's fair. Um, did you have you come up with a lineup for the week that you like? So I I do have a lineup and I'll run through it. Um, I'm still piecing two, mine together, but uh, I'd love to hear yeah, yours in the meantime. So my two quarterbacks are Sean Clifford and Austin Reed. As I mentioned, going up against one of the worst pass defenses in the country, Sean Clifford did. It feels gross to say that Sean Clifford's a free space, but he feels pretty darn close to a free space. Um, Austin Reed, it's just that the ceiling with him is is pretty high. Um, at my running back position, I've got Dallin Hayden and Will Shipley. Um, I don't think Clemson wants to win this game with DJU, and so I, I think if I'm going, I, I had a little extra money to play with, and I think Shipley offers um, as much upside as any of the top running backs. And yeah. he's the only one going into the game without any question mark about health status. Um, I've got David Davis. I've got Brennan Strange. I've got Chris Thornton. And then I've got Brock Bowers. And I, I hit all those guys in the discussion points. So. Yeah, um, I like it. I'm still just trying to figure out uh, my final receiver. Um, while I'm doing that, I'll, I'll run through the rest of it. I'm My quarterbacks, I'm going with... Um, Austin Reed, and then Aiden O'Connell, um, who we mentioned. Um, at running back, I'm going Tavian Thomas um, and McCammon, um, and Will Shipley as well in my flex. I've got Charlie Jones and David Davis to, to, to pair off with both of my, um, both of my, what are they called, quarterbacks. So nice little stack there. And then I am still not sure what I'm going to do Um at wide receiver, I might go. No, I don't know what I'm going to do. I might have to save money and go and pivot off of Shipley. But anyway, I think you guys get the. How get much the do you have left at wide receiver? Sorry, where are you 4, at on 000, price? Four thousand three hundred. Forty-three hundred. So, 
Um, I'm yeah, there's curious. not a lot of great options down there, but no. Uh, so I might actually pivot away from Will Shipley just to have a little bit the more one, money. I guess the one guy in that range that's at least potentially walking into some increased usage is Keandre Lambert-Smith from Penn State. Yeah. Um, He's That's got only call. 16 receptions and at 182 on, yards on the year. But if you are looking for a guy who, I mean, he was a high caliber prospect out of high school. He's been used, a, not, I don't want, I can't say a fair bit, but there have been, they brought him in in some critical spots um, since he's been on campus. He, and with Parker Washington, I think they need to go with guys who just, they've, trusted enough to put on the field. I think they're probably going to go more to the tight end usage. So it may be more like a Theo Johnson or um, Brenton Strange. But I, I would say Lambert Smith is a guy that if you're looking in like a GPP lineup, he's maybe a guy that'll be lower ownership that you can get and gives you some flexibility. Yeah, no, I like that. Well, that's good, man. Um, we're right at an hour. So I think uh, perfect time to say goodbye and uh, we'll be back in the future. <laughs> we'll be back next week um, with, uh, I don't know what that slate's going to look like, but we'll talk about it. Um, any parting words for our listeners? Bye, Xavier Johnson. All right. We'll talk to you all next week.